Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. She walks by. Okay, good evening, and here we go. Fourth of July weekend. Fourth of July weekend. Every year it's Memorial Day weekend, and a hot minute later it's July 4th, and suddenly half the summer's over, but a nice, hot, (laughs) sunny day. (laughs) Jesus. It is very, very very hot. I do not want to do anything. I actually have to work. So the hot dogs were delicious. We had them West Virginia style with uh, the sauce. Well, I tried to make sauce. You call it sauce. It's called hot dog sauce, and it's, for lack of a better description, if you you live in West Virginia, of course, there's going to be a hundred different variations on sauce sauce but yeah sauce is not chili it's it is very close sauce. to it though. <laughs> it's it yeah it's hard to explain and again there's recipe everybody oh this is Meemaw's recipe this mm-hmm. is great this is my great aunt eulabelle's recipe exactly growing up in parkersburg there was a hot dog stand on every other you were corner saying that. It's, and it was, it was a real hot dog culture in West it Virginia. was three for a dollar hot dogs my dad called them uh, <laughs> uh sawdust hot dogs with 55 gallon drum sauce yeah and i loved them and yeah. they you get the hot dogs they'd be wrapped in wax paper oh, and yeah. it was the, the, the old bu- school the bun was moist you know the hot dogs were sometimes they were gray yeah <laughs> and uh the sauce and then it was the rehydrated dehydrated onions yep yep, yep. and <laughs> i'd put a little salt on them and sometimes i get french fries sometimes i wouldn't and depending on where you were you get root beer you know even a bad was, hot dog's good but god this yeah. you don't want to know what goes in them you really yeah. don't and of course my uh, hot dog game has gone has uh, is all sophisticated now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, I, you went from being a one guy to well, another guy. Exactly, because um, I was a Hebrew National fan, as we all. And were. I I got Hebrew National hot dogs because they were so delicious. They are delicious. And uh, this is a this is an unpaid uh, 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 commercial for a, uh, another brand. Plug. <laughs> so then my sister for a while had a hot dog stand down in Florida. She had this fancy schmancy silver, you know, whatever aluminum. Spend the money on the buns, people. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> And uh, and she she had a hot dog stand. I went down to visit, and you know, and I'm sitting there. She had to work, you know. She had to run her stand, mm-hmm. and I sat there and talked to her while she did it. And of course, I kept eating hot dogs. She's like, "You want a hot dog? <laughs> yeah, I like a hot dog." And after I was eating a few, and I was like, "These are so good." Uh-huh. And she's like, "Well, what kind of hot dogs do you?" And I said, "Hebrew National." She, she goes, "Well, there's three kinds. There's Hebrew National. There's Sombra, uh-huh. and there's Nathan's." Okay. And she chose she liked nathan's i think that's because that's what sam's club carried but okay. i'm not sure and they're a premium uh, hot dog for sure there it's a very good hot dog and she said um she said you can always tell they're from new york if they ask for sambra hot oh sambra something like that and uh she said so she, goes, <laughs> she get a lot of oh new yorkers she's in florida she's yankees yeah yeah and the, and she'd be she it was funny because she'd be you know in her little spot on her corner you know and she had it all set up that big red tahoe and yeah, her, yeah you know and all that kind of stuff. and she goes and people would pull up and ask for directions mm-hmm. and she'd always go aren't you hungry <laughs> <laughs> Natural born salesman. She, well, she's she like, would make a sale, right? I know where I am, yeah. you know, so it's very funny. So anyway, and, and I said, I can't get over how good your hot dogs are. And she said, well, they're Nathan's. And I said, no, but they're really And she goes, what kind of buns are you using? Yeah. And I'm like, shitty. I use shitty buns because it's yep. to me, bread is a conduit for the interior. Yeah, it made a difference. And she's like, get good buns. And I, listen, she taught me She taught me something today. Yeah. So yeah. So now uh, I buy better bread and, and hot dog buns and hamburger buns now than I used to mm-hmm. because it really does make a difference in the flavor of the sandwich. So yeah. at any rate, I was craving hot dogs. It's 4th of July weekend. 
I bought hot dogs and I made hot dog sauce and uh, chopped up some onions. And yeah, Kevin said he liked relish. I dug out a jar yeah, of relish. Yeah, and... that was one of the best dogs I've had in years. But they're huge. They were well, they, huge. Well, these were the dinner, yeah, the, the dinner fries. They were like or whatever. as big as yeah, the whole. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they weren't like because yeah. yeah, they weren't on like a, regular. They on were... a very closely related note, oh, I got my COVID booster today, and now my fingers are numb. <laughs> oh, I sent you a thing. You told me that, and I looked it up, and there's a thing. Like, hold oh, on, oh. hold on. Dun dun dun. I'm trying to do my metal finger feels like what is it? What is it? Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah. Breaking news. It is called. Oh, it's a thing? Yes. Oh, I just thought it was being neurotic. Well, you are neurotic, but why does my middle finger turn white and go numb? Okay. Raynard's, Ray Nod's disease, R-A-Y-N-A-U-D-S, disease causes similar arteries, so, uh, pfft, similar, causes smaller arteries that supply blood flow to the skin to narrow in response to cold and stress. Okay. The affected body parts, usually fingers and toes, turn white or blue and feel cold and numb until circulation improves, usually when you get warm. You have that problem. I guess I do, but this this feels... I've never... My middle finger like that is just... All, all by itself is just like... Kevin, it feels have like you dead. been flipping off a lot of people lately? I think that's one of the most immature things anybody can do. I and think I see it's rude. All the time. Now, a friend of mine I, on the Facebook, he's kind of a biker dude, and there are tons of photos of him... And his buddies, and they're always flipping off the camera, you know. Right. You know, and and, the, and it's just it's, yeah. it doesn't make you look edgy. It no. doesn't make you look rebellious. It makes no. you look immature. My my personal belief on being flipped off, I find it rude. Mm -hmm. I don't find it offensive. I find it rude. Yeah. And if I ever flip somebody off, yeah. it's meant to be funny. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. never, I have never flipped somebody off meaning, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I've no, never I, done I, that. I just find it, it's dumb. Because I'll do it picture. to like my friends, yeah. like, you, yeah. know, yeah. you know, and I, uh, no, I don't. No, people yeah. doing it in photos and stuff no, to no, be no. like. I, I just, I've never, I've, I, one time a million years ago, uh, I was driving and I was coming out of a grocery store parking lot. And you know how sometimes you lose your foot on the footing on the brake and your car yeah. lurches forward a little yeah, bit yeah, and then yeah. you catch it again. Mm -hmm. Well, I did that and this older couple were driving by. And I mean an old couple, like yeah. in a big old Cadillac and everything. And they gave you the... And the, <laughs> the woman <laughs> gave me the finger. Yeah. And I was... I started laughing. I was so like... How rude! And of course, I thought it was so funny because here's this proper woman. And, you know... There's someone who shall remain nameless... But if you ask her how she's doing, she's going to tell you how she's doing. She likes to do the middle finger. That's one of her go-to gestures. Uh, and I'm always like, oh, it's a bad But luck. it's so, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you do, the, especially around here, you're with the wrong person, you get shot. Yeah, yeah. So, no. You know what's even more rude than the middle finger? Oh. Murder. <laughs> Smooth. That's my transition. Smooth, Kevin. Uh, cold case files, here we come. Ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Season one. Season one. Episode 10. Episode 10. A killer slips away. A killer slips away. And it's in Columbus, Ohio, which you've been to, right? Correct. I, like I'm not a fan of Ohio. No, you're not. I know you're not. So it's uh, June 26, 1987. I was, uh, it was a year after high school. Cool. Anime Florence. <laughs> I was, I was, I, so 1987. Uh-huh. Uh, you were 19. June, so that was summer. Mm -hmm. So I'd completed my first year college. Oh, okay. Well, moving on. <laughs> trying to figure out how to get out of Parkersburg. <laughs> well, you did it. 
Yeah. Anime Florence is waiting for her sister and brother-in-law. They're going to go spend the day shopping. We hear from Kathy Justice, who, Kathy, if you had, could have Kathy come up with Justice. a better name for a cold case Especially file specialist. Especially for a detective, yeah. And she explains what was going on. Anime Florence was waiting for her sister and brother-in-law to pick her up. They were going to go for a day of shopping. Lily and Alonzo went up to her apartment. Anna started screaming inside the apartment. So they get to her house, and her brother-in-law, Alonzo, knocks on the door. Anime starts screaming from inside the house, knock the door down, get in here, whatever. So Alonzo's about to break the door in, which I feel like they went from zero to 100 in an instant. But before he can kick the door in, the door comes flying open, and out comes this woman. As he's getting ready to kick it, this woman comes running out. She was covered in blood when she ran from that apartment. Lonzo had her. He had her tight. But she just slipped out of his hand. Lonzo chased after him. It said that she was running away. She told me to get away from her or she would shoot. Alonzo grabs her, but she's kind of slippery. Well, from all she's that blood. covered with blood, so she's slippery. She gets away and she takes off down the street. Now, in the reenactment, she's wearing high heels and she's moving. So Alonzo goes after her and then she screams back, Get away from me or I'm going to shoot you. So naturally, Alonzo's like, Okay. okay yeah. <laughs> you, know, you can hear that. And uh, goes back and they find anime on the floor. She's still alive. They ask her, Who did this? Do you know who it was? She said, No, I don't know who it was. Uh, she's been strangled. She's been beaten. She's been stabbed. And we get a lot of testimony from her um, nieces and nephews. And they went in there and they found her on the floor and she was bleeding quite a bit. They found her with a cord around her neck. She was conscious. He asked her, who is that? She said she didn't know. And then she was gone. In my research, yes. the reason she ended up getting... This is absolutely horrible. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason that she got stabbed what? was that she went for the knife. That's what I, I saw that too and she grabbed it and then... So she got a knife to defend herself and the assailant, and the arrested assailant it from her. took it from her and used it on her. So at the crime scene, the biggest single piece of evidence is a single bloody fingerprint on the wall and it's not that good. Out of all the evidence that they collected in that place, the real evidence was a single bloody print. The detectives cut out a portion of the wall that had one unidentified partial print it made sense that this female inside the apartment just had bumped her hand along the wall enough to make the fingerprint. Did you see where they just cut the whole wall out? They well, cut the drywall out? They knew they had to preserve it, and if that's how they have to do it, that's how they have to do it. I personally don't have a problem with that, especially <laughs> if that's the only piece of evidence in the whole I, room. That seemed a little extra to me, but that was Ralph Taylor, and he's a cold case detective, and he's here for a lot of this episode. So they start canvassing the neighborhood and they have a bunch of witnesses saying there was a nicely dressed young woman going door to door asking for money. She said it was for, for a funeral. funeral charity. Yeah. Right. So they interviewed a bunch of young women in the neighborhood who fit the description. The detectives interviewed several young girls that lived in the neighborhood that fit the description. They took fingerprints, hoping to get a match to the partial print that they had got from the crime scene. At that point, they all met with negative results. 
so yeah, no match. So big roadblock. The only thing about this that confused me when I uh, when when I watched this was she obviously this person the assailant mm-hmm. did not live there or did not live around there because no one knew who this person yeah that's, was. that's right and and the, the, those neighborhoods but yeah. can you imagine just you're minding your own business the cops are like do you mind coming down to the off the, the police station a, a young woman looking who looked like you'd kill somebody I mean even if you didn't do it Jesus <sighs> well that's that. I'm not. Mm, We watch. Well, you don't have to. We watch. I watch. You watch. The world watches a lot of crime shows. Yeah. Murder. Forty eight hours. Cold. All everywhere. All these shows are on. And one of the things that I I see that keeps coming up and over and over, especially on the videos, especially Uh on the videos where they're checking up on the police. Yeah. That the police will use the statement, you fit the the subscription, (laughs) you fit the description of somebody who has just done something. And it's kind of such a catch-all phrase, especially minorities are really sick of hearing that because it's such a a a blanket statement. If someone came up to me and said, you fit the description, I would be a little concerned because I'm like, ooh, (laughs) I don't want to deal with that. So, but having said that about, I do see how hard it is to be a police officer and to follow the, Mm -hmm. the, the, the tons of leads and and this is back the in the work, 80s when it was so much more trying difficult trying to do the job mm-hmm. trying to do the job and not step on anybody's toes in an incorrect or illegal way yep. trying to get the evidence oh it's, i just my head have you I seen could, the britney spears meme about trying to crack a joke in 2022 and and it's britney spears going through the like the laser beams trying to get through uh enter like a bank vault it was oh, like from one of her videos but okay she's like, and it's like <laughs> trying to crack funny. a joke about yeah, the cops yeah, in 20, yeah, 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 you know yeah. you just can't you can't do it yeah. But um, two days after the murder, they're in luck. They get a guy, cold calls, comes up. Well, go. There was a tip called in. This tip had some valuable information. The day after it happened, I was over to some friend's house. He had been at a party, and he had heard a female talking about her involvement in the homicide. He knows him that she's down the lady. She's down the lady in the Here you have somebody that calls in on their own anonymously with information about a homicide case. When I heard her talking about it, then she had scratches on her hands and stuff. You know, I guess when somebody had been grabbing her and she had a couple bruises on her arm. This is the beginning of the batshit crazy in this story. Exactly! So this seems pretty credible and almost a little too good to be true. So they're hoping to capitalize on this and they ask him if he will wear a wire and at first he agrees you want to give us your name at this time uh no not really he didn't want to give his name up because he had promised he would not say anything to anybody the detectives tell him you're not a suspect in this uh okay my name is odell O D E L F. We wanted to obviously talk to Odell in person. Will you consider helping by wearing a wire? Yes. He was going to try to help in uh, trapping Danita. But then all of a sudden, he decided he didn't want to be involved. At that point, the detectives lost all contact with Odell. 
and then he doesn't. <laughs> well, so, I I don't blame him. You know, but, cold feet. I would is, get cold feet. Okay, so of course, this is what I didn't understand about that. Mm-hmm. You've murdered somebody. Yeah. <laughs> accidentally mm-hmm. let's just for the sake of argument right you've accidentally killed someone yeah would you tell your best friend or your best friend not any just your best I, I wouldn't tell anybody yeah no i i wouldn't tell anyone so, and, and when we learned later it wasn't even the best friend and it was it, yeah this story just, just goes nuts he, you're like it, just it doesn't make much sense so, that's so why it's kind of she an issue one. talked about she talked about this to a casual friend. So that would imply that she was extremely guilty. She yes. felt extremely if, if guilty. This, if this okay. story is true, then that's what it is. Okay. So, okay, we know his name is Odell. And he said a woman named Danita Campbell is the one who was talking about the murder. So he agrees to wear a wire and then he backs out. That makes sense. I, I would get cold feet. But now they shift their focus to finding Danita. And... They conduct a traffic stop. I, I'm assuming they just surveilled her, and then when she rolled through a right, stop sign like yeah. we all do, pulled her over, took her fingerprints, which I don't know if that would fly these days. Well, I'm under the impression what little research I there was not a, there was not I I tried to do my research. Yeah, there, people. there wasn't much out there. There was I could not find much of anything. Yeah. However, what I I it was heavily inferred that Danita was not a necessarily oh, yeah, lawful no, person. Danita, Danita was on the margins, yeah, yes, for sure. Yes. So that's but they why get her, her, they yeah. brush her fingerprints back and it does not match the one on the wall. So the case goes cold. But I liked about in the background because they're doing the kind of the um, the, the soft focused reenactment in the lab <laughs> and the Macs and the computers are all from like 1985, you know, way to, way to pay attention to the details. If you really think about that, I remember my first home computer and I had a desk that had a section for your feet. You know, you mm-hmm. could put your legs underneath of it, your feet, your knees underneath of it. Yeah. And it basically took up the entire hole where your legs were supposed to Yeah, they were big go. back then. <laughs> and they're tiny now. I know. I'm, as I hold up my iPhone. Yeah, I know. They're powerful. You know. So 27 years later, a cold case um, group re-examines the case. And they pull up the evidence and they find a bunch of audio cassettes that were never fully listened to. Maybe on these tapes. He said something else. Are there any details that you can recall from that conversation? She also said that the lady had a social security check. She didn't take the check? No, she didn't take the check or the purse. We knew the welfare check. It was still in the purse. Only the killer would know that the victim had a welfare check in her purse. So yeah, Odell name checks that there was a social, a social security check in the woman's purse in Anna's bag that the killer didn't take. And the only way he would have known that information was never made public. So that gives credibility to Odell but that he spoke it, to the killer. But it, but, but I, I'm just, I don't know these people who are involved. I don't know anything, but doesn't that seem like way too much of a, he knew that there was a check, a government check in that woman's purse. Do you really that? So the woman who did that, the person who murdered that lady would recount that to this other person? She was right. She said, I was going through her purse. I grabbed some money. She had a social security check. I didn't take that. I can't cash it. They're like, the fact that he, the fact that he name checked the social security check being in her purse. Like that's a detail. Only somebody who was at the crime scene would have known. Right. So that made me think he had something to do with it too. Mm -hmm. Because later when we find out more about this, I was like, well, that doesn't make, okay, well, all right. So. so now we move to the mayonnaise jar. 
The mayonnaise Which, jar was just weird. I it, know! It, it's there just, was a mayonnaise <laughs> jar in the living room. What? On, on the chair by the door. And the, all, they, they decide to check it for prints. I don't know if they checked it for prints in 2012 or if they did it back in the 80s. I get the feeling they did it 27 years later, but they get a, they get a print off the top. There was a jar of mayonnaise sitting on the chair by the front door. Maybe Danita touched the mayonnaise jar. And then right where the rim is, there was a fingerprint. Let's just compare Danita's prints to that fingerprint on the mayonnaise jar. The prints did not match. Again, so, no match. So she, ro- so she robbed the woman, killed her, and took a jar of mayonnaise. Yeah, well, left the jar of mayonnaise. But I wonder if that was one of the murder weapons that she was beating with the mayonnaise. It, this, is, it, this is one of those things where... It was craft, by they, the way. They, they, <laughs> this is one of those... Well, it's not Hellman's. This is one of those details that they're adding to the story. And the whole time you're hearing it, you're like, how does? how is this adding to it, the... It, 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 it goes in all sorts of different places. But again, it doesn't match any of Danita's prints. It's looking like Odell has an angle. So they go to speak to Odell. This is... 27 years later. We went out to talk to him, armed with a tape recorder and the tape, and we said, Odell, we have to straighten this out. Okay, my name is Odell. Okay. O-D-E-L-L. Uh-huh. That is you on that tape. 65, Ettenberg. That's E-D-E-N-B-U-R-G. And he said, yeah, that's my address. That's my social security number. But that's not my voice. Because I can't read and I can't write. Listened to the tape several times. I said, you know who that sounds like? My cousin Chris. So yeah, that's not Odell. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah, but I mean, the poor guy, he's illiterate and, you know... And it was, yeah, my cousin, what my cousin good. Chris. So his cousin Chris is a good guy on one hand, but kind of not such a good guy on the other hand. I laughed when, this, when the detective was like, uh, I can't read and write. And I'm thinking, holy crap, what an incredible alibi. Well, I can't spell that street. Yeah. So therefore, there's no way that is actually an, a very interesting alibi. And of course, the detective says, obviously, he's telling the truth. <laughs> so naturally, Odell's kind of upset when they're interviewing him because he's done nothing wrong. And he's like, I but, don't want to, my yeah, name. But yeah. again, he says, I think it's my cousin Chris. He used to go with me because I I couldn't fill out the forms and he would do it for me. That's why he knew my social security. It's kind of interesting in the reenactment. I thought it was a very clever visual because it shows Odell sitting in the interview chair, reenactment Odell. And as a detective goes past the camera, once once he passes, then it's Chris in the the seat. Did you see that? It was a very cool way to wipe. But yeah, that's funny. um, they did a couple of nice things. It's very nuanced. I really, I'm a big fan of this series. Good. So now they've gone to Chris's house to interview him. His mom answers the door, and right off the bat, Chris is very nervous. Well, with his mom standing there. And he's not cooperative. But then his mom is like, Listen here. You tell him what you know. It's been too long, and too many people have suffered. So good mom. Mom smacking to the back of the head. <laughs> Idiot talk. That's like the Jeffersons. Exactly. He said that he did call in the tip. He does admit to knowing Danita. He said, she's innocent. Somebody else did it. Then he told us what some other girl had told him back in 1987, the day after the homicide had taken place. He said, we were just friends. She came over and sat on my porch, and she had to tell me something. She said that she owed a drug dealer some money, and she was going door to door asking for money. 
Anna Mae had given her a couple dollars. She saw that there was more money in that purse. That's what took over. This is all we need from you. We need a real name. And he says, Zena Roberson. So Anna Mae was actually giving Zena, who is the killer, some money uh, when she attacked. So she was actually giving the young woman yeah, some money. Yeah, she you know? saw that there and was more. And then she more. saw there was, there was yeah. more in her. And she came in, confronts her. That's when Anna Mae grabs a knife. Good for you, Anna Mae. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of backfired. So he finally said Zena Robertson did it. And we they kept showing the, who they thought the suspect was in kind of like Half-Light, the actress. Right. And then finally she comes fully into the light and you see her face. Right. And the actual Zena Robertson, the real-life Zena Robertson, the when young, you know, 27 years ago, she was stunning. Yeah, she's beautiful. 27 yeah. years of guilt didn't, did, she didn't, she, she, you know what I mean? That kind of secret will wear on you. And the other thing is, is when we, you hear a little, another little bit here, a little bit, it did, I'm not saying it makes her a better person, but it did affect her. Yeah. So, yeah, so. Chris says he wanted someone arrested for the murder, just not Xena. Which doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Which would lead me to believe uh-huh. that Chris has got something to do with Xena. Maybe I, I, they were doing it or something. He kept saying that they were just kind of casual yeah, acquaintances. That doesn't make sense. You, the, 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 there's too much. He knows too many of the details. That's what. It, that's why it bothered me. Yeah. Because he's like, how would he know that? Yeah. If because Zena was going door to door to get money to pay exactly. back a drug dealer, right? Well, we found in our research. Well, no, they actually said this. Yeah, they did. She owed money to a drug dealer, uh-huh. and she couldn't come up with the money, so she dressed up nice and looked pretty, and she was a pretty woman. Yep. So she looked agreeable or, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or trustworthy. Yep. And she went around and knocked on doors and basically tried solicited for charitable charitable donations for someone's funeral. Yeah. Now, if you do it long enough. Yeah. Dollar here, dollar there, whatever. I mean, you know. It's I get the feeling the kind of numbers, though, for a drug dealer. Who knows? You know? But, you know, was, who knows? Yeah, she was know. in a corner. But Chris says he knew that Danita had done some sketchy things. So he thought, I'll just call up the cop, Sam O'Dell, point the finger at Zanita, because he didn't want Zena to go down for the murder, but right. he wanted somebody to go down for the murder, and it just doesn't make any sense. I, yes, this this actually made me kind of angry, because... She would have gone down for a murder. Mm-hmm. Murder is a lot different than petty crime. Yeah, murder is and, a lot different. And, uh, and Danita I, was not a. Yeah, uh, she was not a citizen of the year, but she didn't I, deserve to go exa- down for a murder. Thank you. Her her crimes. She had crimes, but they were petty I, crimes, like misdemeanors and things. Uh, yeah, 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 we're all guilty, right? Who's going to point the finger? Well, you know, <laughs> I'm not going back. No, you're so, not. No, no. So they learn she's in Columbus, Georgia. Is that no Rome, Georgia? Rome, Georgia. So they sent her photo to the local police, who put it on their Facebook page, <laughs> and he said, "I don't think it was two minutes." And somebody said, "She's at the bus stop every morning." And so they had to have, oh, because uh, Zena had moved away and had, had uh, gotten out of trouble and mm-hmm. was trying to, but she, so in 87, this went down and yeah. in 99, she had been arrested for a shoplifting charge. Okay. Now you don't know, of course, what the, the seriousness nature of the shoplifting, it could have been something stupid, blah, blah, blah. But they were even saying in the show, she was not a criminal person right 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 you know, there was this keep... little blip but yeah you know yeah. she was not leading a life of crime or shit and it, it, it you were you are you are encouraged to believe she was trying to be a good person right 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 there. so they go to her apartment and this happens we get to her apartment and i've never seen anything like it but every pore 
on her body opened up. And I mean, it looked like a river coming from the top of her head all the way down. Nothing needed to be said. It was just body language. She just is dripping sweat from every pore, and it reminds me of the key and peel. Yes. Where the water's just coming off of his head. He's worried. It's the funniest thing. It's always, you know, whenever you need to have the, like, I'm worried, and you throw that gif in there. It's yeah, just, it, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. so funny, those two. But I, that, I just, would, and that again leads me to believe that this woman, she was not, it was not like, I'm okay with having done this. This tour, I I believe I would like to believe that Xena uh, uh-huh. well, carried the guilt with her. I think horribly. she did. But they take her back to an interviewer and they say they've got to get her to say she doesn't know anime and that she was never in that apartment because if they can get her to say that then they know she's lying they can prove she's lying because well, if she says I know anime I've gone by a couple of times that could. Uh, a defense attorney could argue away why her thumbprint's on the mayonnaise jar, yeah. why her thumbprint is on... The, oh, it, the it, it, it introduces jar. doubt. <laughs> the mayonnaise The mayonnaise I'm sorry. <laughs> the mayonnaise jar, I've kept... The, the, like, oh, the key piece of evidence. <laughs> the the mayonnaise. mayonnaise jar. So she says she doesn't know anything about anime. She's never been to her apartment. She doesn't know what you're talking about. So she initially yeah. denies all of this. Yeah. So on August 25th, 2014, it's about two years after they brought her back from Georgia... She's in court, and we see the witness impact statements, which are always hard to hear. Again, the nieces and nephews are here. She just wasn't somebody you just threw away. She was somebody to care about. And I did love her, and I still love her, and she meant a lot to the family. I don't. Are you conflicted with win, impact I don't, statements? I don't like witness. Uh, I don't like. What are they calling it? Witness impact statements. Witness impact statements because they're emotional. Yeah. And rarely do they influence the sentencing. It, it's not influencing anybody. You think that person's led a life of crime, and some some girls like you killed my mommy, and that girl that per that person. If it makes if it makes the the the, the people who've been impacted by the crime feel better, do it. I'm not going to oh, shield yes. the feelings. Oh, that's exa- but, but but don't you know like? But it's a band aid on a bullet hole. Yeah. You know, it's not. It's re- It's really, and that's just my opinion. I'm not criticizing the 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 thing because how many times have you been in a situation where you spoke your mind about how you felt and the other person was like. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. And that's yeah. exactly what's happened. Oh, you know, the Dennis Rader, the BTK killer. Yeah. Impact statements at his thing. It was creepy. And then, then he starts trying to defend him. like liking himself right. to the thing. And it was just disgusting. Ugh. There was one where they're reading the witness things and the guy's laughing. Yep. And it's just it's like, sickening. you know, yeah. So, so she got sentenced 15 years to life, which for once seems kind of reasonable because she was probably in an addiction situation going to door to door begging for money uh-huh. probably stressed out high or whatever while, while she's doing this the the woman pulls the knife and she snaps you know yeah, yeah. so it was there's nothing premeditated about it right, she was correct. just going door to yes, door and then yes. she snapped and so 15 to life uh with the possibility of parole that for once seems not wrong well that was that was something that uh i'm assuming it was one of the relatives said it took longer to find you and prosecute you than you're going to be in jail yeah oh, so you know yeah. yeah so that was that was one of those things i don't know she, and i'm not sure of how old i i, I wasn't paying this is 2014 so no, no, she no, will be dates, eligible to be how old is how old is uh zena zena was 50 
So she was arrested and, at 50. Right. So she'll be 65 if she serves the full term. Uh, let's see. 2014, she gets 15 years. Well, she'll be So that'll be 2024, 2029. So she'll be, yeah, she'll be in her late 60s. You can do that math so quickly. Well, you know. <laughs> Look at you. Years of uh, counting fish. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so that... Uh, so Columbus, Ohio, I thought you know it was near and dear to your heart, right? Yeah, I know you hate Ohio. I don't like Ohio. I it, I'm not saying that it's not a good, a nice place. It just, I just uh, so many semi-negative things have happened to me in Columbus and Ohio, and I'm just like, <laughs> ugh. So, does your sister like Ohio? I don't know. Remember she took you to the party when you were a kid across the river well, at Well, that Bears? was in Belpre. Belpre doesn't count. <laughs> okay, they get Belpre, you get a pass. Well, it's, that's like saying, you know, that, that, I mean, I can see it from, you know. You know Thank it, God, Belpre. But, uh, <laughs> that's the uh, that's the case of uh, anime. Yeah, so we're, we're um, yeah. But thanks for coming along on that one. And happy 4th of July, Jack. Happy 4th of July. Thank you very much. And um, good night, everybody. We'll see you next time. Au revoir, Au revoir.